Welcome to the Crash the Pond podcast. It is a Monday, June 13th edition of the show. And Jake, I think that we've got a pretty solid episode lined up today for the listeners. First off, haven't talked to you in a podcast, an official podcast in, in two weeks now, as you crack open a beer. Yes, it was pre-memorial day. Pre-memorial the day. That, the last time you and I did a podcast of this ilk together. We've done two Patreon episodes since then, but yeah, uh, you know, it's been a while. People want to hear from us. We've had a couple people say, happy to hear you guys again. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're back. We, we, we never left, and we've got a really interesting story here that's developed over the last week really i would say like that's when this all kind of started and i think that we should just get right into it just so everyone knows though as we're going to be recording today uh it's the fourth quarter of game five of the nba finals oh, yeah for those that don't know i am a diehard War- uh, golden state warriors fan and uh i'm an emotional fan at that and so as this game is going on i'm gonna try to keep it together but if there are if there's the occasional emotional outburst uh you've been warned that that's all i can really say i can't really say anything else um but so the john gibson story oh and i was also going to say an (laughs) apologies for the mess of boxes behind me um, yeah oh my god i am currently getting some yeah felix also has uh has blown out my eardrums before we started recording yeah jordan Poole hit a buzzer breeder yeah so pretty pretty awesome and steph curry is on the bench right now so that is uh not what i was expecting going to this one but anyway so lot to talk about here and really the main point of focus and i think what we're going to dedicate the biggest chunk of the show to is really this john gibson story that kind of just popped up definitely not out of nowhere like it's not a new thing well yeah it's something that that you and i have discussed well but the thing is so at the trade deadline this year we heard that john gibson's name had had been out there in, in in trade rumors and that the ducks were the were floating his name out there like this was a reported thing And so it's not a new story that his name has been out there. But for the first time since this kind of saga has begun, it does feel like it has the most legs it's ever had. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now there's a lot of detail and color that's being added to it in a way that just wasn't there before. And I think that really the place to start, why don't you take us back here to last week, Frank Saravalli and his reporting. So really kind of where this all starts is on June 9th, which would have been last Thursday, Frank Saravelli put out his trade targets. And this was kind of the first bit of this. I don't think I've seen any other, whether it be The Athletic, whether it be uh, TSN, anyone put out a trade bait board going into the offseason. So this is really the first start of the silly season when it comes to rumors, which as everyone who listens to this podcast knows, I love, I consume everything about, it's so much fun. But kind of going back to that is Frank had uh, John Gibson on his list at number seven. And I mean, here's the scoop. It says quietly, John Gibson's name has been circulated among GMs in the days leading up to the March 21st deadline floated by new Ducks uh, Ducks GM Pat Verbeek as a lifeline to any teams in need of a netminder. That contract may be prohibitive, prohibitive in term for a goaltender who has been below league average and save percentage for each of the last three seasons. Prior to that, Gibson was one of the most consistent and talented goalies in the league. His body language in Anaheim indicates frustration, so perhaps a change of scenery will energize him. And then kind of the next part of this saga is uh, Frank Saravalli has a podcast at the Daily Faceoff called the DFO Rundown. And... Of course, I'm going to listen to that right after he puts out a 
trade bait list because, of course, they went through it. And when they got to the John Gibson part, it was really interesting because they kind of talked a little bit about value, talked about whether you would do it or not, all, all those different things that, to be honest, you and I have talked about, right, already with, with how he's played, with everything about his play. And while his on-ice play may not have been great the last couple of years, you and I both kind of agree at this point that there is a lot of value there because of the way GMs would perceive him. But Frank had this snippet that I think was very, very important. And he said, kind of in, worded in this very specific way of, here is something I can tell you. The Ducks are frustrated with Gibson, and they are frustrated with his bo- uh, frustrated with his frustrated body language. They they think it, and they, he said they the Ducks think it doesn't help that when you let in a goal and you give your teammates a death stare and are essentially looking them uh, down as uh, or essentially blaming your teammates for why the puck went in the net as Felix is celebrating for something just happening in, in the Warriors game and trying <laughs> to con- trying to contain himself huge as I'm relaying three. this information. But so, so this was the start of it. And I think that this was a really important piece because I feel like up until this point, a lot of the John Gibson narrative, I don't know if it was unfounded or if it was just fan speculation, mm-hmm. if it was mm-hmm. connecting the dots there wasn't necessarily anything about it from the duck side of things. It was yes. all speculation on Gibson's side of thing of, well, yeah, wouldn't he want to go to a contender? Maybe when, when Lindholm got traded, maybe that was a sign that he would want out because they're trading away guys of his similar age. And so it was a lot of things from the duck or from the, the Gibson side of things. And so from the duck side of things, this is the first we've heard of them potentially being, or, being frustrated with Gibson in any manner. And for anyone wondering, Frank Saravalli is, has worked his way up into being what? In that top five list, probably, of insiders. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Him and Nick Alberga, I would say, you know, really solid wow. list. Wow. 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 The actual list, though, is going to be Friedman. Friedman. I I, I think Saravalli's. I, I, just, I, just, I just wobbled you off that you one. You did. You did because I, I was so I, bad. I landed an early shot. I like it. <laughs> I hope the judges' wow. scorecards will reflect that. Friedman, Sarah Valley, uh, LeBron, LeBron, sure. all, all, we get all it. The, the regular gamut of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Johnston, uh, Frank Sarah Valley has become one of those guys, and so I think when him saying this in in the way he does, I think there is definitely truth behind it. Right. I mean, the thing with insiders that you got to keep in mind is that they are only telling you a, a snippet of what they actually know. Correct. It's, and so if for so for this to make it to the top to boil to the top means there's a lot going on underneath the surface especially when he words it in a specific way of here is something that I can tell you right exactly and and this is something that's that's been rumbling around now is that the ducks there is some frustration between team and player and that you know in the past when we had heard about John Gibson and his frustrations with the team it was always to the effect of, well, he wants to win. Are they competitive or not? And you'll think back to the 32 Thoughts podcast with, you know, Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick talking about, well, seeing Hampus Lindholm get traded, how did that affect him mentally? Right, all these different things. And now we're finally, for the first time ever, like you just said, we're hearing how the team is frustrated in the player yeah. and, not, and not just the player wants the team to be better. And I think that that's very intriguing. And I mean, just to address the report itself, the body language thing, I don't think it's wrong at all. I mean, having watched every Ducks game the last four years or whatever, when John Gibson is frustrated, it's not hard to tell. When John Gibson is is not 
feeling it when John Gibson is angry at his teammates or at the situation or, or what have you, he is not a happy camper. And I don't, I don't want to hold that against him because it's tough. It's tough being a, a goalie who's a competitor on a really good team and having to deal with having to deal with losing all those years. That's what's going to, you know, that's what's going to bring out maybe the worst in your personality, kind of the other side of that, that double-sided blade when you're a really competitive guy. And so I don't want to hold it against him, but the fact of the matter is that it's going to rub some people the wrong way. Well, especially when you're a leader on the team, right? And you're looked at to be a leader for the yes. Ducks teams. And I think when you're blaming other guys, that's probably going to look poor, down upon poorly because, I mean, at the end of the day, John Gibson is one of the most high-profile players on this team. Yeah, I mean, who, who, I mean, besides Trevor Zegers is because yeah. you know, I, I think, I think Troy Terry is a big name, but John Gibson has been a bigger name his entire career. Yeah, Felix. By the way, move your mic away just a little. I'm getting uh, some things in the chat that your mic sounds a little hot and poppy. So, for anyone out there, sorry about hot that. hot and poppy. Should that be my new nickname? That that should be your new name. Is that Felix. better? Uh, we'll find out as we go along more. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that that's the kind of where this all starts is that, uh, Frank Cerarelli put out that list and that really kind of, that sat over the weekend, right? I don't think there was really anything else that came out over the weekend. No, nothing, nothing super noteworthy. Yeah. If anything. And so really kind of where everything came to though, was this morning, uh, Nick Alberga decided to, to drop a little bit of a bomb. Yeah. Yeah, why don't you tell us about it? Oh, I am? I don't have yeah. that tweet up, but I will go and find it right now. So give me one sec. I okay. thought you were going to take it. this over. I have it up. I, I figured you did. Yeah, well, I mean, the report was earlier today, this morning, hearing that Ducks goaltender John Gibson is open to being dealt and belief out of Anaheim is he's, infl- is he's informed the club of that. And so I think we need to talk about first what this actually means. Because that is already the biggest discrepancy that I've seen in the reactions to this tweet. So to me, what that says, I think a lot of people interpreted that as John Gibson wants out, that he's asked to leave, right? Is Would you agree that that's how you saw a lot of people interpreting it? Yes. Yeah, a lot of people saw that as, okay, like this is the big trade request on the heels of the, the Cerebelli reporting and, and everything yeah. we've heard. This is... This is finally it. This is where the cookie starts to crumble. I read that more as, okay, there's been chatter. Some of it has been from the team side about their own frustrations. And if the conversations have been had, he's basically telling them, whether he's telling them directly or through his agent, hey, if there is indeed a trade in the works, like I'm not going to stand in your way. I'm open to it, whatever. Like That to me isn't a hard, oh, he wants out. Yeah, is, I, is I, that, I, is, I would, to, I, to me, that's a pretty reasonable interpretation. No, I, I think that's reasonable. I think the one thing I would maybe add to that is that, and I'm trying to figure out the, the best way to word this, but I think the, that the thing I would add to that is that you don't go out of your way to say you are open to being dealt if that's not a conversation that you're having a bunch. And so I think that that is the interesting the thing here with this is... Um, I think while Nick is careful with the way he's wording it, I also don't I don't think it's as cut and dry as you're saying it is. I think there is something to the fact of and now you're you're giving me a questioning look. By the way, 
sit back a little bit from the mic. People are saying you're still a little hot. This is just going to be as Felix is starting to to come at me a little bit. Um, I I just think that that there's a little bit more there. I think you're right. I think that it's not this cut and dry thing of he wants out. Yeah, I I don't think that's what this is saying. But I think there's more to it than simply saying, oh, this is ho-hum, nothing to see here. No, no, it's definitely not nothing. I don't think I've ever tried to say that. Okay. Um, But I think the other part of this is that the, the belief that he has informed the club of that. Him informing that he's open to being traded could have happened in any context. That's fair. Like sure. we don't, because the way that that's phrased, I think a lot of people are saying, oh, he is the one that approached them about, yes, I'm open to you dealing me. And we don't actually know if that's the case. All we know is that he has passed this information to them. So let me just, uh, no, let's get into the next part because I actually, something just came to me on this. I think it's relevant to the conversation, but let's get to the next part of all of this before we come back to it. Okay. Well, I mean, do you don't have anything else to say? No, because okay. it, so, it's very much linked to the next part. So anyway, so I just wanted to point out that that report happened, and I think that we just need to contextualize what it actually says and what, no, it, yeah. what it means or what it could mean as opposed to just going with the biggest takeaway that a lot of people seem to have had. Correct. Okay. After that, though... I'm just going to cut to Eric Stevens reporting yeah. on this. Cause I, I think, think that, that, I think that covers it basically. It was the most detailed one. Um, so Kurt Overhart, who is the agent for John Gibson was asked about the trade reports by Eric Stevens, presumably. And this was his response. He says, there's nothing to say that John's not committed to the success of the team and the continuing build to success with this club. Obviously, under a new general manager, there's probably going to be new opportunity and a different plan, but he's committed to do his job and play his role. And basically, after that, he just said that... So he was asked by Eric Stevens if he, if asking for a trade out of Anaheim or being open to one, if any of that was true, he said that neither is true. So good on Eric Stevens for asking kind of the appropriate question there. So... That's it. So that's what we've got. We've got one person saying that John Gibson informed the team that he's open to being traded. We don't know the context of that, but that is the fact of the matter. And then we've got the agent saying that that's not true and that John Gibson, you know, kind of word salad is is committed to the success of the team or whatever. So those are the, the and then, you know, we've got the other reports from last week and everything that we know. So that's kind of the competing information here. Yes. And now the the question is, who are you going to believe? Correct. Because here are the two sides of it. You have Nick Alberga, who has gotten some duck stuff right, but also gotten his fair share wrong. And for those that don't know, Nick Alberga, I think through childhood or who knows how, but he's good friends with Adam Henrique. So I think a lot of the information that you can gather from him with the ducks, because it's funny, you look, I think a lot of the news he ends up having in terms of quote unquote insider type news, it's typically about the ducks. I think mainly due to that connection um, uh, that he has with Adam Henrique, but most of the stuff he has gotten right specifically is on Adam Henrique specifically with being scratched, various things like that. And so you have him, and then on the other side you have the agent who, as you've brought up, could have his own uh, own reasons for potentially uh, could uh, no could? like absolutely yeah, could. does one okay, million percent does has his reasons but could be someone that's stretching the truth or just straight up lying. And so the question I think ends up becoming here 
is essentially which part do you believe more? And I think you and I actually fall on very different sides here, which is the interesting part. I think that what's potentially happened with Alberga after thinking this through right now and seeing all this is it wouldn't shock me because you look at Dave Pagnota's tweet that he's heard about Gibson. Now it would make sense with if he's been, if he's open to a trade, but the Ducks don't have to ask Gibson to be open to a trade. Basically, he, they, he only has a 10 team, no trade list. They can move him without him being open to it, essentially. And so I think probably what happened is the Ducks really went out and looked at that. Maybe um, maybe Nick Alberga got some information that John Gibson knew about it, but he never specifically was approached about saying, hey, yeah, I'm open to you moving me. It's just, hey, this is the reality of the situation. They're throwing my name out there. And that, to me, would make a whole lot more sense because I don't just – I really don't understand – the benefit in Kurt Overhart putting this out. And I know you're going to say, well, it doesn't screw over the team, but he's out there just representing his player. His player is the only person that he's necessarily caring about right now. And if, for instance, his player is open to a trade and does indeed want out of Anaheim for whatever reason, uh, very uh, whoever knows, him wording it in a way of saying, no, he has not specifically requested a trade, but if something were to come out, and now Felix is all about the game and not even listening. Um, but if, listening. if some if something were to uh, materialize, John Gibson would be open to listening about it. Something kind of similar to almost what they did with Ryan Getzloff, right? That they were that Getzloff essentially said that he was open to moving and various different things. And, and so I think that Kurt Overhart, I, to me, I just don't see the benefit in this being a lie. And I think that that's the biggest thing here is that. There's no real benefit. I don't really see the end game here in him publicly lying about this. So I think if I'm going to specifically believe one source or the other, one being Nick Alberga, one being John Gibson's agent who literally speaks to him, I'm going to trust the agent. I mean, that's fine. So I guess we should kind of tell people why we're even having this conversation. That's fair. (laughs) So I think that we're just trying to understand what's going on because ultimately... When, and we've heard from other reports throughout the summer, right? We both think that John Gibson is gone. We, yes. we, we both don't believe that he's going to be back with the Ducks next season. There's just too much smoke here for there not to be a fire. As Jake shows everyone his beer. Hey, I um, was at. Hey, Odifo asked me. Okay. But the point being, we both think that this is happening. But it's not a moot point, though, because it's still important to understand the story. It's still important to know why this is happening or, or just the details, right? I think yeah, that p- people, no, are in- people are interested in knowing why no. this is happening and, and, and how it's all breaking down because it does seem to be breaking down a little bit. Yeah, um, and, I, and I think you and I, and I think the reason why I, we're talking about this right now is you and I really disagreed today in our Discord. One of the very few times where you and I really did not have any common ground. Well, you're, I mean, not to completely out you, but to completely out you, I mean, your reasoning seems to be, based on just what you've said on the pod, is that because you don't trust one source, you're going to trust the other over that. Well, it's the fact that I don't trust that source necessarily, and the other person is the literal player agent. Sure. Who is the person that informs... But where do insiders typically get information? Agents, GMs, all these different types of things. And so we have a literal statement from a player agent and an insider, or I don't even know if I would call, I'll call him an insider, um, an analyst, whatever you want to call Nick Alberga, 
who has his hits and misses. Right. But I guess my point is just that let's say that Frank Saravalli reported that the same thing. And then the agent came out and refuted it. Then I would have more questions because I think Frank Saravalli has earned that trust. Okay. So then at that point, the, the agent's word isn't necessarily as reliable. I think in that sense, when you have a, a someone that you know that vets their sources, gets multiple opinions on things, mm-hmm. then I think that that makes it more believable. I think the fact that you have Nick Alberga, who is someone that we just don't know how many sources he have, how he vets his sources, and, and so I think all of those things, it makes me question it a bit more. Right. I mean, I think, I, think, that's, I think that's a fair concern. I just think that what he is saying is very kind of... You know, it's very lightly put. Like, it's not very forceful saying that he's open to it. He's in for like it's it's not very super specific language. I think that because it's Doesn't. so because it's so softly put, I think that it shows that there's there has to be something there. It doesn't I was, mean I was gonna say the opposite. I feel like that the fact that it's softly put makes it seem that there's less there. Maybe I mean you could I mean I don't know why. I don't know why that because, would have to be true. Because but. the information is hazy. Right. Well, it's a, it's a game of telephone when it comes I, to that information. I think, that, I think that, look, like you said, we don't necessarily trust that source as much as others, but that is a pretty bold claim to make. And to get completely wrong would appear to be pretty damaging long term. Well, it's not one that you're going you you're nec- you're well, to piss off some people. I don't think necessarily that there's a way to prove that it's wrong, though. And I think that I think that's the point there that you're when you said it, it's kind of a soft point that he's making. It's not this very right out there. And that's the reason is that you it's very hard to disprove this. Right. 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 It, and it, that, that that's the whole thing. And, and I think that is why I think it's less reliable, honestly. OK, well, so here's my thing with as it pertains to the agent. I think that hockey players and now there's a kerfuffle going on in this game. Draymond Green is just in the middle of the Boston bench. No clue why that's happening. But I think the hockey players really, really care about not being seen as a distraction, as not being seen as above the team. And I really do, I really think that those types of, you know, cliches are true about John Gibson. And so you don't want to be seen as the guy who's open to being traded or who, who wants out, who could even be thought of wanting out and who's being put above the team. And so I think... The agent come because the the agents act at the beck and call of the player, and so if John Gibson just doesn't want this to be the rap about him, the agent goes out there and, and goes on damage control. Like so, it's it's not crazy to think that all of this is true, but that John Gibson and his agent don't want it known in this way because that's when and when insiders piss people off, it's usually because the information is coming out in a way that they didn't want it to come out. No, that's fair. I think that the one thing I'll, I'll put here is that what is what is more beneficial to John Gibson here in terms of if indeed he is open to being moved. If I don't think is, it's I don't think he wants it. No, I don't think he uh, wants uh, it. No, that's fair. That's I just fair. don't think he wants to be talked about. I don't think. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a good point. I, think I just don't think he wants to be a story at all. Um, and so that's why I see the agent report as possibly. Right, because we don't know for sure, but possibly just being PR control, right? Which th- is which is fine. 
Do you think that if the if the agent comes out with a statement that's a bit softer on it, that says, well, John Gibson has been committed to Anaheim for a long time, but with a new GM coming in, he really wants to know where he stands and would be and might be open to to listening or hearing what other team if there's other teams out there. Um, and, and to me, I think that's a very soft way of putting it that he could still be committed to Anaheim, but still could be listening. And if indeed that's how Gibson feels, then that mm-hmm. makes it where more teams are interested in acquiring him. Yeah, and that is more beneficial to Gibson on the whole, and that that's where I'm at with this is that. That is the most beneficial way of presenting it for Gibson if he indeed wants to be moved or is open to being moved or however you want to word it. And so I think to me that is that is why the fact that this statement's not that is why I tend to believe Kurt Overhart because to me that is the way you would present the information if he you indeed if he does indeed want to or is open to being moved. So what I would say is that you know this entire business is a game of relationships and managing your network. And That's I really fair. and I really think that for Kurt Overhart, his first time dealing with Pat Verbeek, he probably doesn't want to have this big scandal, right? And doesn't want to have to make this kind of a slog, having him to make make him answer questions or having to have John Gibson answer questions that he doesn't want to. I think that they just want this to be a seamless process, right? And so maybe intuitively it might seem more beneficial to have it be known. Teams are tight-lipped. They don't want information to be known that they don't want to be out there. And so for me, I see it as, sure, you could be right and that maybe this is just exactly the truth. Or, eh, you know, maybe Kurt Overhart's playing the long game a little bit here, which is fine. Like, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and and here's the thing, and and I think this is kind of where I end up on it, is you and I can debate this all day, right? And we're going to have our different opinions, and you're going to be Skip Bayless with things. Um, <laughs> wow. Accusatory. Just, yeah. Um, oh, let's go. But at the end of the day, I think that this doesn't really change things for me with where this is going. I think that a lot of this well, yeah, is... I, 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 well, yeah, I said that. I agree no, with that. That's yeah, a non-point. No, I think a lot of this is team-driven. And, and I, I, think I, I agree. And, and I, I think agree. that I think that's why all of this conversation at the end of the day is just us debating things to debate. That you, because we disagree on something, and it's fun to have debates about things you disagree on. But I think at the end of the day, this is all team. A lot of this is going to be team driven, and they are looking to move them because it's a smart thing to do, a smart thing to to start investigating uh, to see what you can get for well, them. And so one thing. I, I, oh, sorry. Finish. Finish your thought. Uh, and so I, I think that from the duck side of thing, that's where the, the Sarah Valley thing doesn't necessarily impact any of this to me because the Sarah Valley thing is specifically from the team side of things. And I think that there is a lot presumably. of, truth. presumably, presumably, well, it's the ducks are, the ducks are frustrated with them. Well, that but, is, but, that, but the thing is, you're not, I, I interpreted you saying that as the team is making that known. Yes, fair. Because to me, that's the big question, right? About yeah. that Sarah Valley report is who wants that information out there? Yeah, that's fair. Because someone does. Insiders only tell us what they can find out, and usually what they can find out is what somebody wants them to know. Yeah, no, that that that's a really good point. Um, and so why would why would the Ducks though want this to be known about? Why would anyone want this yeah. to be known about John Gibson? Yeah, there really isn't a positive to it, and the more positive side would be from the John Gibson side of things. My my view on it is that I think, and now this is. This is speculation, but I think that the Ducks, if it was indeed them who put this out there or who maybe just didn't guard it, I think that 
it, it gives them an out. It gives them a reason for why they're trading him. Because on its face, yes, John Gibson hasn't been at his level consistently the last three to four years, but he's still a household name. He's still an all-star. He's still a, he's still the face of the franchise in some ways. And so why why on earth would you trade that guy? And so when it's known that there is actually some disconnect between him and the team and the front office and the teammates, whatever, kind of gives you an out, kind of makes it a little easier to sell the idea of, of trading him. Yeah, that's fair. And talking about selling things, gentlemen, Father's Day is just around the corner and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure that all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CTP at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you. Manscaped is designed, by the way, with fathers in mind, and the Performance Package 4.0 is here just in time for your pop special day. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Balls Deodorant, Crop Reviver, Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag to hold his goodies. And first off, let me start by saying the Lawnmower 4.0 will be the official MVP of Father's Day. Felix, who's the MVP of that game right now as you're watching? Uh, Andrew Wiggins. Okay. 100%. I think he's a father. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has 400K LED spotlight uh, he needs for a more precise shave. And does your dad use the same trimmer for his body and face? Well, let's throw that out the window and give him the upgrade he deserves. But wait. Felix, there's more. Manscaped just launched their brand new Boxers 2.0 that are, dare I say it, the best boxers ever. And we all know dad love, dads love their comfort. With the summer just around the corner, the Boxers 2.0 are here to save every father from the uncomfortable heat. These boxers are packed with revolutionary features, including the jewel pouch, designed to cradle his boys in their own space. The, that right there is the game changer. Whether he's mowing the lawn, taking out the trash, or golfing in the sun, these moisture-wicking boxers breathe without breaking a sweat. So dads, buy, your, buy this for yourself. Sons, buy this for you and your dads. Ladies, buy this for your man and dog daddies. You deserve this treat too. You can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CTP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code CTP. Felix... Shake what your mama gave you. Nah, shake what your daddy gave you. I think we've, I think I've finally figured out. Oh my God. Oh, yes. Thompson. (laughs) (laughs) Um, damn, I guess I finally lost it. Um, I think we finally, I finally know the number of times that I can hear you say daddy on a podcast (laughs) before I get uncomfortable. I think it's three or however many it was that you said. it. I, I think there were two. I think there were three. It, I, felt, it, it felt like more. I felt uncomfortable. Yeah, there's two. There's only two. <laughs> oh, I just did a, make this. I shot. just did a search. Oh, <gasps> so <laughs> we should probably get back to talking about hockey, Felix. Yes, there's a minute 19 left in this game, and the Warriors are up 16 points. 
Oh, right, that sorry. game's over. Okay. It's not over. So, not over till it's over. Wow. wow. Don't jinx it. Don't you dare jinx it. It's over. All right. So I, anything else on the John Gibson front? So I think that I'll just say that it's weird. It's kind of weird that this is how it seems to be coming to an end, right? That this whole he's doesn't get along with his teammates, this whole he wants out or whatever, right? Like it, this isn't how I saw things coming to an end, but it feels like we're reaching this point where how much, how many tweets, how many reports can there be? And, and he still comes back, right? It just feels so improbable now with all that's being said and with all that we know that, that he will be a member of the ducks come next season. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because I mean, it's been what? Seven years off the top of my head, I think uh for him in the ducks uh uniform and so it it's been a long time for him as a duck and up there in terms of every single record basically from a a ducks goalie uh nine years sorry i was off nine years right 378 games played 370 games started um and just been really like a stalwart for this team for a long time and i mean had his really great years from 22 to, to 24 at 920 save percentage 924 save percentage 926 save percentage was an elite goalie over those time over that time period yeah and it it's definitely odd yeah it is odd and i and i do think that when it comes to john gibson people are going to ask us and we have been asked about it but i'll say i'll say it again it makes a ton of sense for the for I almost said the warriors for for the ducks Oh wow, the starters have come out. This game is officially over. Holy crap. The white flag is the white towel has been thrown in by the Boston Celtics. Um they look shocked. Holy crap. They just showed Jalen Brown's face. Um what was I gonna say? Something about John Gibson. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It I'm makes, giving you plenty of rope right now. It makes hey, you've you've talked about wrestling so much on this podcast. Anyway. Usually, usually it's people asking me about it. It's though. at the end. I think it makes complete sense for the Ducks to trade John Gibson. Like, I think that they should trade John Gibson. Like, now is the time. His value, this is the highest it can... Like, I don't think that we're going to have... I don't know how many more seasons we're going to have where his value and his name recognition remains this high because yes. of the way he's played the last few years. So now is the time to cash in. Now is the time to go out and get assets. And even if, you know, you're not getting, like, a star-caliber player in return... It doesn't really matter as just accumulate assets, continue this train that you've started with Pat Verbeek. And then as we're going to get into with some of the names that are out there, maybe flip those assets and then go out and get the bigger piece that really turns you into a contender. So yeah, I think that the Ducks have a massive opportunity here with this John Gibson trade. Yeah, they 100% do. And we mentioned this on the, uh, on the last, on the Patreon episode actually was when it was, but you don't need to necessarily go out and get a NHL player in this. You don't even necessarily need to get a prospect from this. You need to go out and just, if you can get, let's just say three first round picks or three first round pick equivalent talents that then stocks your prospect prospect pool and your picks to where you can then go out and get a Kevin Fiala just based upon that deal. You can then go out and get an Alex to bring it because the issue is, is that the Minnesota wild might want Gibson, but the money would be tough to make it work. The Chicago Blackhawks have no need for John Gibson. They want picks and prospects. And right. so if you then trade John Gibson to a team that needs 
a, a goalie and is willing to trade picks and prospects, you can take those and flip them. And right. I think that's the biggest thing here is that the Ducks shouldn't necessarily be picky about which team to move them to. Just move them to the team that's going to give you the, the highest amount of picks or the most amount of value, and then you can always flip that for other people. And that's essentially what the Ducks need to be looking to do here with this deal. Yeah, I agree. And uh, you're, you guys are almost done with me here. There's 13, 10 seconds left. Golden State Warriors, Jake, are one win away from the NBA championship. That's all I'll say. Okay. One win away. They have two games to do it now. Okay. Wow. I'm in shock. Yeah. So do you want to go over this list? Do you want to yes. go over this uh, trade bait list? So number one on the list, and this was the big news, Alex Dabrinkat. And this seems, I mean, per Frank's list, and it was not just per Frank. I believe Elliot Friedman had a similar thing. I can't recall that off the top of my head. But there was one other insider that had a similar thought that this is a situation where it's not a um, it's not a they're looking at trading him. They're exploring trading him. This is a they are going to deal him either at the summer or at the the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Like th- this is a for sure thing that the the Blackhawks are doing because he's 24, going to be 25 next year, and but they are now starting their rebuild. Right. So by the time they are going to be competitive again, he's going to be 29 or 30. Mm-hmm. And so they are making the decision that, hey, a 24-year-old is too old for us at this point with where we're starting it. We could use picks and prospects instead. And so if you get picks and prospects from a John Gibson trade, you can then flip that for an Alex Debrinkat. And uh, I forget what the proposed trade people thought would be, but it honestly wasn't that high of a deal. I was kind of surprised that it was like a, a first and a good, really, really good prospect. So essentially two first round picks. Right. Right. Well, so, I mean, th- to me with Alex Dabrinkit, the fact that he's 24 years old, the fact that, yes, you are going to have to pay him. He fits the exact mold of the kind of player we've been talking about for the last few years. Of This is the kind of guy that you want to target if you're the Ducks, a guy that fits exactly the window where you're trying to be competitive in. Now, the question will be, how much will he cost you? to get out of there yeah and that's going to be the ultimate question here but i think no matter what you gotta look at doing it yeah no absolutely i mean, I think that pretty much i mean everyone that we're talking about here on this board for th- that's available the ducks should be in on everyone that i mean i should say everyone that fits their window they should be in on and they could be in on multiple players this offseason i mean we've we've heard about david pasternak over the weekend i don't know if that's going to happen but they should be in on everyone. The Ducks have an opportunity to really kickstart. Not, it's not really a rebuild anymore. They are building now to be playoff contenders. To and it, which sounds weird because they just finished outside of the postseason yet again. You know they they they're picking tenth overall, but they have the nucleus now of a team where you just need to insert some established star level talent, not the likes of a declining Ricard Raquel or Hampus yeah. Lindholm, but a true star like an Alex Dabrinkit, Pasternak, I'll just throw his name out there, and then Kevin Fiala. These are the kind of guys that now you can bring in, and that's going to elevate you and and move you further down than you would have been otherwise. Yep. Uh, number two on the list, someone we've talked about significantly, is Kevin Fiala. And so, I mean, you and I both agree they should go for him. Here's the thing. They could get one of these guys without moving Gibson. Oh, yeah. I, I think... 
Well, so for so for both, we're talking about both Chicago and Minnesota here. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Gibson's going. I don't think either of those teams would take Gibson. No, but my point is that without before trading John Gibson, before Min- getting well, the assets back, they can right. get one of these guys without that. If they then trade Gibson, there's a world we live in where the Ducks could get both DeBrincat and Fiala. Yes, and you're going to have to give up a lot, right? Like all put together, it's going to look like a lot. But DeBrincat and Fiala on that Ducks team is a huge, huge kickstart. I mean, think about just what that does for this Ducks franchise. You have your a one-two punch on the left wing that's locked in for years yeah. uh, now, and you then can drop uh, Sonny Milano down a little bit lower on the totem pole, and he's now on your third line. And he, we both rave about Sonny Milano, but it puts him in a really good role for him as a, th- a third liner on a good team, right? Right. Right. Like, I, I think we both like Milano. I don't think either of us view him as a top-line talent necessarily in terms of having the offensive ability to stick as a first-line talent. He could be a second-liner. I mean, he played like it last season. The thing is, we just don't know how how well he can keep that up. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And so I I think that both of these are intriguing games. And, I mean, they're going to be – here's the thing. They're going to be intriguing for a lot of teams. They're, they're one and two on the list for a reason. Right. I mean – Everybody in the league that's in a position to compete and that has any kind of cap space and flexibility, they're going to want to go after them. They make so much sense. And, and that's the interesting part, sorry, that we should talk about is that on to Brinkett, the hard thing is, is that he has a $9 million qualifying offer at the end of next season. Yeah. And so the interesting thing here is, I mean, a lot of teams can can shift things around to make it work, right? We see that with a lot of the, the really yeah. good teams, the really good cap teams. But the Ducks are in a position where they can uh, they can pull off this deal and give him that qualifying offer, no issues. Right. I mean, that's the whole thing, and that's the benefit of this cap space that Pat Verbeek has accumulated. And that's that's the benefit of not re-signing Raquel, Lindholm, and Manson, is that yeah. now you can go out and do these things that will actually make a difference. Yeah. And, and Kevin Fiala, same thing. Pending RFA. Like... They, right. they have the cap space to give him whatever he wants. And so these are two guys, while they are very enticing players and they're one and two on the list for a reason, you have to have cap space to be able to make it work. I mean, l- let me ask you this. Uh-huh. For, any, for any of these deals, is there who either on this roster or in the system is like an untouchable for you? Who's someone that you're not trading for any of these guys? There's one player. One? Yeah, one. Wow, interesting. One. Okay. Trevor Zegers. Yeah. Wow. So I, you would you trade Troy Terry? If there's a correct deal. Yeah, I mean it depends on the deal. Obviously, I don't think that there would ever be a correct deal that would make Troy Terry. It makes sense, but I don't. I think you would listen to whatever sure. you can. Sure. I think Trevor Zegers is the only one where if someone asks, you just hang up the phone. Yeah, because I think if you're trading Zegers. No matter what you get back, you're kind of losing the big value add because yep. all of a sudden you're throwing the guys you're getting in into a bit of a void. Whereas if you keep him, you're building something now. Oh, um, K Nick ninety seven. Who I wonder if that's Kyle Nicholas. Shout out! Shout out if you if it is. Uh, Derek Grant, untouchable Derek Grant. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna ignore that because that that just gave me some some shudders. Yeah. Um, so moving on on the list, anything else though, before we, well, keep I did want to ask you, 
Yeah. So I'm guessing that you also took into consideration the the system as well on the farm. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's no single prospect that you wouldn't trade. No. I mean, the closest would probably be... Uh, would have to be McTavish, right? You're very I mean, pro-trade McTavish. I'm not necessarily pro-trade it's McTavish. Because he, it's because he doesn't excite you. I have a little I, bit of that. I've determined that because of what he isn't, you hold that yeah, against probably. him. Yeah, probably. Probably. It's you know, okay. The, there's actually probably a truth there. So the only one for me is probably Zellweger. That would be the only the closest one to being an untouchable. Yeah, I think that trading a Zellweger or a McTavish makes it those trades to me a little less exciting. But at the same time, you're getting guys who are already as good as you hope for those guys to become in the NHL and are still you know, they're still in an age where they're gonna be prime producers for a while. So yeah. But I do think that if you can, I, I actually don't know if it's going to take those kind of prospects to get those guys out of those situations. I don't think so because Fiala, I think we maybe, I think Fiala maybe could be a first round pick in Lundestrom. Everyone knows that those guys are gone, right? Or that those yeah. guys have, to, especially for Minnesota, everyone knows that Minnesota is up against it cap wise. So why would you give up your best prospect in, in one of the better prospect pools Yes. To, to help them out. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, I'm going to... Lundestrom in a first, if I am a Wild fan... Oh, I'm I, pissed. <laughs> I am pissed. Completely yeah. pissed. But I could see that being the deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, Isaac Lundestrom, I think, right now is very well looked upon because of the season he just had and face-offs and goals. And I don't know what other stat is favorable to him, but, you know... Plus plus minus favorable was to him, he, maybe. Did he have a good plus minus? Maybe. I don't know. He was he I know he wasn't good in the face. Defensive offs. defensive zone starts. Oh yes, yes. Good defensive zone starts. He starts a lot could be good, could be bad, but he does start in the defensive zone a lot. Coaches yeah. love him. Coaches yeah. trust him. Yeah. Oh, and he's used to North America now. Don't you forget that. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um but yeah, so I think that I don't know if I, I think that it would take more than that. Yep. Uh a little, little bit more. Yeah, maybe you throw in a, another pick, a second round pick or something like that. Mm-hmm. Some, something along those lines. All right, moving on, though. Jacob Chikrin, you have talked me off the Chikrin uh, ledge. I mean, I, I would hope that it wasn't me and it was just looking at his stats. No, that, I'll, I'll just give I'm giving you credit. You know, you can just take the credit. Look, I'm effusive. I'm effusive when it comes to praise. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Um, but but Jacob Chirkin, I, I think given the right deal, I think it's someone you still pursue because of the favorable cap hit you can and just the get, age. You can just get better now is what it looks like. Yeah. Because yeah. to me, I don't really care about position with this offseason. Just get me, the, get me the best possible players. And right now, all those players happen to be at forward. Yep. I, I think that if you can get a Jacob Chirkin on a reasonable deal, and that's the question is sure. what is it going to take to get him? Yeah. I think it's something that you definitely wor- uh, you look at going for. The question is, what is that return going to be? I, I think his cap hit over the next couple of years is-, is very favorable. But, I mean, we've talked about it. The Ducks have a lot of cap space right now that that is not necessarily something that you want to pay a premium for. Well, yeah. So, I think my big criticism of Jacob, that getting Jacob Chickren isn't really about the player so much as it is what it would cost to get him. Yes. And so... Like the Eichel return for Jacob Chickren is crazy to me. 
and not in a good way. <laughs> I, I yeah. don't think that he's worth that. Um, and so that's where my hesitation is. But if the market for him dries up and he still wants out, then by all means, you know, try to get him because the Ducks do need they need some defenseman from somewhere. Yeah. Like it's like they can't trot they can't trot out what they had last season and expect better results. I don't think. Yep. Okay. So I'm just gonna skip over the guys that are. So JT Miller, I think we both are no on. 29 years old. No, doesn't fit. Yeah. Number two overall pick. Gibson for number two. Do you think that's possible? In yeah. your heart of hearts. Yeah. In your in your in your dark heart. Why is my heart dark? I'm the I'm the light one here. Okay. Um you're Yeah, the, you're the you're the one that sympathizes with the Sith. You're the baby face. I um, am. I'm the Jedi. You're the Sith. <laughs> yeah, Kenobi. Great series so far. Good fan service. Um I still I still don't know. I don't know if that's if that's possible. Number two is really it's a really valuable piece. And just straight up for John Gibson seems like how badly does New Jersey want John Gibson, I guess is my question. Yep. And like how, that, how much do they value that number two pick? Have they even said that they're willing to trade it? I actually don't know. Like, I just don't know. I mean, it's on the trade bait board. Okay. As the fit as the number five thing. That means that they're probably open to moving it. So do you think that you have to include something to get the number two pick with John By the Gibson? Way, Table of Fiend Blooded just with a great call shout out. Uh he's like, so Jake is Wardlow and Felix is MJF. Yes. Yes. Don't, don't know what that means. Yes. Uh, but but uh yeah, so I, I don't know. Maybe they have to include something, but that would be intriguing. I I also don't know who the ducks would pick at number two, right? Like some years that actually means something, you know exactly. Fofkowski. Uh will, will he be available at number two? Slavkovsky. Uh Wow. Uh, all right. Number six was Tony D'Angelo. I think we'll both just say pass. Yes, for various reasons. John Gibson. Uh, we've discussed that at depth. No, uh, the, ducks Ty- aren't, the Ducks aren't trading for John Gibson. <laughs> uh, Tyson Berry, 30 years old, pass. Pavel Zaka. No. Yeah, I'm kind of n- lukewarm in terms of what it would take to get him. Philippe Meyer. Uh, I'm going to go with no. Yeah. Agreed. Really, the only reason why Philippe Meyer makes sense for a team is a team can trade for him and then buy him out and get a salary cap credit. Mm, okay, sure. That That is like the benefit to essentially getting Philippe Meyer. Jeff Petrie, nope. Here's an interesting whoa, one, though. Whoa, whoa. Show some respect, former Hab. An interesting one. This was also brought up on the DFO show, and I forgot to mention it. John Marino. Yeah, you've been you've been pumping this this train a little bit here. The, yeah, the John- and, and here's the the reasoning from Frank: the Penguins have received a few calls of Marino ahead of last season's deadline, but remain focused and committed on their playoff push. The truth is, Marino is not Pittsburgh's preferred preferred choice to move on their back end. That would be Marcus Pedersen, but no team seems willing to take on Pedersen's three more years at just over four million. While there are teams interested in Marino, and the Penguins have a real need to move money if they're going to run it back with Latang, Malkin, and Russ next season. Do you want his contract though? John Marino, five he's, more years, five years at 4.4. It's, yeah, five years at 4.4. He's got a modified no trade in the last three years, but it's at 18 no trade list, so not too crazy. Here's the question. He's, he's 25. Would you rather have John Marino or re-sign Josh Manson? 
Ooh, that's a that's a fun little question. I would, I mean, well, he's younger, so I guess I have to say John Marino. Yep. Boom. I mean, honestly, I Josh Manson was Josh Manson was maybe better than him this season. I would rather take Marcus Pedersen. Sure, but is he available? Is he on this list? Yeah. Oh Le- no, no. The- Did you not listen to me when I said this? He's like the- basically oh. the truth is Marino is not Pittsburgh's preferred choice to move on the back end. Back end that would be Marcus Pedersen, but no team seems willing to take on Pedersen's three more years at just over four million. While That's there crazy are teams instead, while there are teams in- interested in Marino. If you look at Marcus Pedersen's uh, RAPM chart from last season, he was a- an elite defensive defenseman. Yeah, doesn't do anything else. Doesn't drive offense, but elite at, at suppressing offense and so man i would love that i would love the marcus Pedersen homecoming like yeah. how how poetic would it be to just have Peverbeek riding the wrongs essentially of bob yeah. murray wow yeah who else uh bring back andre kasha yeah bring back uh i forget that trade tree so it's marcus Pedersen for daniel sprong then it's daniel sprong for christian juice and that's it, because Christian, it's Christian Juice, Juice lost the waivers. It's Christian Juice for for nothing. For nothing. For a bag that, of air. That that wasn't the best trade tree ever. It's a fun one. It's an okay one. I just like how it progressively gets worse. Yeah. Like Marcus yeah, Pedersen yeah, yeah. is the best player on that list. One hundred percent. And I'm well, I'm saying that as a Daniel wait, Strong truther. Am I remembering correctly that? Marcus Pedersen was traded because the team believed in Jacob Larson more. I mean, that's been the reason. That was the reason for Shea right? Theodore as well. Yes. No, but like specifically that yeah. Pedersen and Larson broke into the league in the yeah. same time. Yeah. And they believed in Larson more than Pedersen. Yep. And let me ask you this, Jake. Which one was a first round pick and which one wasn't? There's your answer. Yep. That's fair. But still uh turns out yeah. that was an awful decision i mean look at it this way though jacob larson has lost some people well, some jobs <laughs> well remember uh, you say that about the first round pick and second round pick but who was a first round pick and who was a second round pick shea theodore and brandon montour uh i feel like i should know this shea theodore was a first round pick yes okay and brandon yeah. montour was a second and they kept montour over theodore yeah, I mean, I really think, though, that that was more about the playoffs and the fact that he had had, like, four bad games or something. Yeah. Like, like three bad games, we'll call but it. But that goes against your point with Larson being a first-round pick and, and Pedersen That's fair, being second. but I think that there you have the playoff component, which is a little different. Fine, Change, but regardless, things. just another another point of poor talent evaluation. I mean, the Ducks could have, like, a solid blue line right now if they just hadn't... The, like, Theodore made, Patterson? If they just hadn't made the wrong moves. Yeah, like, oh. just keep Shea Theodore and Marcus Pedersen. Like, you're fine. <laughs> this is all a moot point. Um, oh. But, yeah, so so that would be an interesting trade, I think, to because the Ducks, if they want to be good next year, and I think that they do, they're going to have to find a way to bolster that blue line in some way. doesn't have to be – you don't have to go out and chase a name or, you know, like, sign a Tyson Berry or something, and heaven forbid that, but just – but they're going to have to do something there because it – I don't think you can expect Olin Zellweger to to come in and and save you that back there. Something's going to have to happen. Yeah, agreed. agreed. How much do you buy the Josh Manson homecoming? I'd put it at 70%. 70? Mhm. That he's not coming back. No. 
opposite. <laughs> Why is everyone in such a rush to bring him back? I just think that it's connecting the dots. Like, here's the thing. I know that he, his wife is from here, and that's literally been the only thing driving the rumors that he wasn't leaving, and I feel like that's the only thing driving the rumors that he's coming back. But, like, can we please come up with another reason for him doing anything in his career outside of the fact that his wife is from Southern California? Like, Happy, happy wife, happy life. Yeah, but, like, maybe, just maybe, he has ideas, too. And maybe he wants to do stuff. Maybe she wants to do stuff. Like, maybe she doesn't want to stay here because she's lived here her whole life. Like, like, I hate how we, like, this happens every uh, year where it's like, oh, the wife is from the area. Therefore, sh- they have to come back. They have to stay. It's like, maybe she doesn't want to stay. Maybe uh, she's fed up with her family. Like, what the hell? Wow. Uh, that guy, Bobsky said, Felix speaking like a true single man. I mean, I, I understand, like, I am completely, I'm completely, I understand the, the, the point of view. I, I get it, but it's an assumption, right? And to me, oh, by the way, to me, if you're in a healthy relationship slash marriage, it's not just one side wins but the, what the if, debate what every if, single What time. if he does not care about it and she does? Well, Sure. That could be true. My, the only critique I really have is that we're assuming that literally because she's from Southern California, that he's that's the only place he wants to play, that he's going to play. Uh, K-Nick saying, he'll be Anaheim's David Perron. Keeps getting shipped out at the deadline, only signing another one-year team with the one-year deal with the team in summer. I don't know how this this Manson take has has taken on a life. Lewis saying uh, Felix's voice has gone up three octaves talking about Josh Manson. Look, I I think that to me it's it's in a way it's like blaming the wife a little bit for like it's not blaming but it's just like it's making it seem probably more simple than it is and I don't like that. Yeah. Nuance. By the way, uh, that guy Bobsky uh, who was also moderating the chat along with Hey Flow, is now added polls into the chat that last only a certain amount of time. You probably missed this, but the last one was about who would win in a cage match, you, me, or Ty, and I got all of the votes. How? Because you watch wrestling? I would win in the cage match. Okay. Also, I'm being I'm being sarcastically <laughs> asked to tell us more about healthy marriages. Yep. Yep. Look. Yep. Look. I'm just gonna I'm gonna quit while I'm behind. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the smart play here. I'm gonna dump it out. Instead of forcing forcing a play and turning it over. All right, here, let's get to questions. So anything else on any of these? Any other trade targets? Anything else from the past week? No, I just want to reiterate that you're wrong about the whole Gibson situation and that I'm right. And I think that that's, I think, what we all agree on. You know, I'm going to let that pass because on the Patreon episode, you actually admitted. What did I admit? You admitted to me being right and you being wrong. But not about this. That was yesterday. No, I agree. I'm just saying. I, I'm giving you a pass right now. I'm giving you a pass. I'm just so, I'm done. Uh, all right, here we go. So questions from our Discord. Uh, that guy Bobsky asked, uh, question for Felix. Did you get any spicy text lately? Yeah, I did. I got a spicy text today about the Gibson situation from a well-connected person. <laughs> <laughs> and that has colored my my feedback my view on all this let's just say uh i saw it also and (laughs) hasn't changed a thing for me 
you you're very biased put it that way am i or am i just skeptical you see names and you assume things as opposed to judging the facts or not the facts necessarily but you're judging is it the the source of the information important you're digging yourself a hole you don't judge the information you just look at who is saying it and then you decide whether or not you're even going to give it the time of day yeah, I think, every, I feel I think like everybody that, deserves a fair shake. I feel like that's accurate. I'm though. about equity and equality. Isn't it like you have to judge the source? You're a bigot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, Sir Bastard said, uh, oh, I forgot that Green Bastard changed his name to Sir Bastard. Uh, can the podcast be done in a cage match form to settle a beef with violence? I mean, I would win because I'd just get a chair. I, I've got nothing there. Okay. CZO said, is Perry retiring after getting the, the three-peat, or will he then go to Colorado uh, next to go cup collecting, or does he come back and do a victory lap in Anaheim before retiring to train the kids? I would love that. Even if he does, like, sign for a day and retire. I think yeah, he needs to retire a duck. Keep in mind, he does have one more year on his deal in uh, in Tampa. Yeah. He signed a two-year deal, so it would have to be not this next year, but the year after. Um. Yeah, if if he doesn't retire a duck, his his number is not going up. Is my prediction? Yeah, that's just wrong. <laughs> that that's I, just incorrect. I just, I just wanted your reaction. Okay, here we go. We're gonna go to Twitter. Our good friend Trevor Zegris on Twitter yeah. said, uh, "Hey Jake, glad to have you guys back tonight. Three questions for you guys. What would Three. You, yeah, <laughs> what would a trade that sends uh, DeBrinket to the Ducks look like? Yeah, I think that that's." <laughs> I'm getting slandered for my Perry take. Um, uh, a, fr- a first round pick, path to job, and a second. Yeah, that's fair. Something like futures heavy. Yeah. Would this be a fair trade? Toronto receives Gibson and a fourth round pick. Anaheim receives Nylander and Mrazek. Wait, who? Who's the. Who so Gibson, and, Gibson and a fourth for Nylander and Mrazek. No. You'd have to pay more for, for Nylander. Oh. That way. Okay. You, you think that that's a fair trade? Yeah. You're insane. <laughs> okay, let me let me rephrase this. I don't think Toronto does that because I think they're smarter to understand where he's at, but, I mean, who knows? I, I think they're, I think that is about proper value for John Gibson. All, you, we said that you said this yesterday. William All, Nylander. Like, public perception. William Nylander. Yes, public he's, perception. Do you hear, do you see how people talk about Nylander in Toronto? Well, sure, but that's Toronto. Like, that's there. They say a lot of things. Like, are we really, are we basing our opinions off of that? I mean, the guy had eighty points in eighty-one games last season. Like, he's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm overvaluing Nylander, but I think that you have. I to I just include. think you're, and I think you're undervaluing Gibson in terms of his trade value. All right, who has the likelier plans of cha- playing ten game, ten plus games next season? Hellison or Zellweger? Hmm. Oh, it's easy. I mean, you're going to say Zellweger. I'm trying to think why it could be Hellison. No, it is Hellison. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, the easy answer is Hellison because Zellweger can't play in the AHL. Yeah, but he could come out. I mean, he could just be that good. Yeah, that's fair. And come in and and light it up. 
But I think it's more likely that he does not stick in the NHL next season and he goes back to junior and Hellison comes up for a couple of however many games because there's no burning a year, there's no ELC slide, nothing like that. And so, um, yeah, so it is, uh, it's definitely Hellison. Okay. If it's one game or two games, like who's going to play one game or two games first, then the answer is Zellweger. Ten plus games, Hellison. Okay. Did I convince you? I have a question. Yeah. Actually, should, I don't know if we should talk about this. What? Something about Connor McDavid. Uh, sure, go for it. What do you want to talk about? Or should okay. we not? I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you uh, you uh, get us in trouble. It's not me that's doing what's your, this. What's your take? Here. What's your take on uh, McDavid Gate, the paparazzi? Is he married? No. Okay. He is not I mean, married. Doesn't change anything, but Do- doesn't change anything. Let's just go with this. It's not a good look at all. Yeah, it's it's a pretty shitty look. <laughs> it's a very shitty look. <laughs> like I don't think you can under you can't like overstate how bad that is. Mm-hmm. Um I mean yeah, there's not, a, there's not a, lot. a good look. Maybe they're on a break. That's that's the hope. But the fu- like someone yeah. does someone does need to um someone does need to make a gif or something like that or a uh, TikTok or something with the uh and that is when he knew he fucked up. I just love I just love the Kevin Weeks face just photoshopped onto that with the, as the background. Yeah, too good. Kevin, Kevin Weeks here reporting from <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're getting some deferring uh, opinions in the chat. I will just say that it's a poor look, poor form. Yeah, not a good look. All right, uh, let's see. Oh, Brent Roberts had sent me an email. I wanted to get to this. Uh, saying, Capo Caco, who was scratched by the Rangers. Do the Ducks send Tay with an offer sheet in hand to Caco? I'm done with this Capo Caco talk. I'm done. In what way? In what way? I'm done. Uh, I just like, you know, he, he's probably, I think he's better. Like this is probably suppressing his, his perception a little bit, but is he really a guy that you want to throw an offer sheet at? Like, look at how his results were this past year. Like he's looking to be kind of just like a, not like a bad or fringe NHL or, but just not a really impact guy. Like he's just not showing that. And sure. He's only 21. He's still got a lot of runway left and maybe he'll improve, but that's a big swing on a guy who maybe hasn't shown enough to, to take that swing. Yeah. I still think it's one probably worth taking, but you know, that's just me. Uh, here we go. We got this. Uh, let's see. Oh, nope. Not a question. Never mind. Our good friend, Tony, Tony Leo had texted me. I thought he had texted me a question, but turns out he just wanted to make sure that we got that Kurt Overhart thing right on, uh, on the pot. I'm like, Tony, we're going to read that no matter what. Yeah. Why wouldn't we read that? <laughs> Tony, text me tomorrow when you hear this and respond. Um, all right, let, let's get to Twitch. So for anyone in Twitch chat, uh, please start throwing your questions in. But for those of you on YouTube, yes, we're on YouTube, youtube.com slash CrashPond, where you can like and subscribe to our channel. Uh, get notified whenever our video go, videos go live, which will be shortly after the stream is done. Um, so please go support us there. It does help. Or if you're listening on your favorite podcast services, you can find us every Monday night. Well, 
come summer, not come uh, off season, not every every Monday. But you'll you'll see us put the call out. It will be Mondays at 8 p.m. Typically though, um, at Twitch.tv/slash/CrashSpawn, where you can support the show in a way that uh, really helps us. If you have Amazon Prime, you get one free Twitch Prime gaming sub each and every month. You do have to hit that subscribe button after 30 days, and it does help support us more than you can imagine. You can also hit that follow button, and that way you will get notified whenever we go live. Um, and with the subscription, though, you get special emotes in the chat, special badges next to your name. So let's go to this. B1 Somdi, our good friend Spencer, said, which Stanley Cup final team should the Anaheim Ducks model their build after? The Tampa Bay Lightning or the Colorado Avalanche? I mean, you can't go wrong with either. Yeah. But I would say Colorado just because I'm not a huge fan of the Tampa Bay Blue Line, although I'm saying that and the Avalanche have Jack Johnson and Eric Johnson out there, partially because of injury. But that is a thing that's happening. I would still go Colorado, though, just because of the way they prioritize uh, mobility on the back end. I probably would also. PC main, or sorry, Heyo Deflo said, question, will Johnny Gaudreau be a duck next season? No. No. They, they're not going to want to give him the term that he's going to want, and they're right for not doing that. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Priya Pismic saying, any draft guru guests coming up in the next few weeks? Felix? Me. I, it, it's me, the draft guru. <laughs> I, I have put this on Felix to try to get someone. So, Felix? Uh, I'll, I'll get someone. There we go. There Don't you hold go, your folks. breath, but I'll get someone. There you go. You can hold Felix accountable because uh, I'm putting clip, this on clip, Felix. Clip this. Yeah. Yeah, clip this. Uh, that guy, Bobski, said, if Gibson doesn't want to be the center of the news, how would he do in an Edmonton or Toronto market? Uh, poorly, but he'd be on a better team presumably i don't know yeah. i don't know what edmonton is going to look like moving forward um also by the way we didn't talk about yesi poliarvi but his name is also out there his name or, or kylo yamamoto yeah. i'd be interested in either yeah yesi poliarvi actually his rpm charts look really really nice um yeah. uh late arrivals pod which by the way uh some of the good friends of this show are creating their own podcast uh yeah. you hear us Love mention Lu- lewis a lot yeah, Lewis is gonna be on a podcast. <laughs> I'm so afraid. I'm so we afraid. How sh- many? How, what's the over under on number of episodes before he gets canceled? Just for oh. his insane like food takes, not for anything like you know, <laughs> actually uh, cancelable. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I. Lou. I'm excited to listen. Let's go with that. Um, <laughs> wow. But- Damning with faint praise. <laughs> Uh, I've already told Chris that he needs to start the very first episode asking him about geography. Okay. Uh, wow. Just no sign. What is your hope at number 10 in the draft? I don't know. <laughs> For me, I really want, I really, at this point with my research and everything like that, I really like Savoy and I think he's someone that could fall and is all over the place. Well, the I reason I, type... the reason I don't know is cause I just have no clue how it's going to break down. That's, that's fair. That's my whole problem there. I guess yeah. hope, hope though. Yeah, I mean, I think that I have no clue how Frank Nazar, where he's going to go. But if he at all slides, I just want that skating ability. I want to see that with this roster. I just don't know if he's going to make it that far. Yep. Uh, Beatle at said question: If Gibson is being shipped out, would you like a? Would you bring in a youngish veteran like Vili Huso, or just roll with Stolars and Dostal? Uh, that's a good question. I think. I don't know if Dostal's ready for NHL duty yet. Agreed. 
So I think that that would make sense just as like a stopgap. And Billy Huso was really good this year. Yeah, and I think that uh, a tandem of Huso and Stolars would be awesome. Yep. I don't uh, know who starts in the playoffs, but whatever. Pushhead2 said, uh, and uh, tipped us 100 bits, says, what's the single best move that the Ducks can do that can improve this team next year and future the most? DeBrincat. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, saw, actually, I saw another question that has me yeah, cracking yeah, up already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or actually, you know what? I'm going to change that. I'm going to say getting Jesse Puyarvi. Whoa. I Look at his RAPM charts. That was something that I had looked at, and it's actually really impressive how good he's been. So my Now, granted, part he's, of it, it he's it's not a hard great to finisher. Yeah. Fair. And so that that's the give and take, right, is what do you need next to Zegris, though? And that's the whole thing is that he – I mean, he, I mean, he's not a great finisher, but he's not a bad finisher either. Uh, yeah, I mean, Pugliarvi and Dabrinkat, you can have them as 1A, 1B. I do think that Fiala is outside of that because he's a yeah. little older. Yep. Um, but th- I think those two names are a good place to start. Pugliarvi's Rapham charts are just insane. I would show them, but R-A-P-M, Rapham. Uh, have you not heard the twins call it that? Yes, but I've never heard you say that. Yeah, it was the first time, you know. Sometimes you just let it go, you flow, you you let things go and try new things. Okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, that guy Bobski uh, gave us 69 bits for the late arrival pod and Lou. So there nice. you go. Uh, uh, Kyle Nicholas said, Byron Bader implied that Edmonton and Colorado would be throwing down at the chance to bring in Gibson. Both look unlikely, but if Colorado is serious, they'll probably have to make the deal with the roster player. What's your opinion on Sam Girard? He's young, 24 years old, signed for five years, and talented but pricey. Five mil for all five years. That's actually not that pricey for what he is. And so, I mean, I would be jumping all over getting Sam What Girard. is he, though? What uh, is top he, though? four defenseman. I mean, that's not really what he was this year, at least. He was pretty poor this year by Rapham. When, wow, when, no. when, you, when you wrap him up, uh, he is he is not. He was bad this year. Um, yeah, and yeah, I hadn't looked at that yet. But I, I think that he's he still was, a guy that I would target. There's good priors there, though. Um, yes. I mean, his best season, which may be a little bit of a red flag, was the COVID season with the funky divisions. So, uh I don't know. I mean, I think that I like the way he plays and I want to see how that would look with this team with, with these players around him, but he's already been in a pretty damn good situation. So I would maybe have some pause just because he was so poor this last season. Fair enough. Dalton keys asked question for Felix. Would you rather fight to the death versus a stingray in a swimming pool or eat nothing but Del Taco for a year? So, this is a tough one, but I've experienced a stingray sting, and I've come out on top. I'm feeling good. My foot is good. I would rather deal with that. And worst case, I get stung, you know, pop a Norco, and boom, pain is gone. I would rather do that 100% than eat Del Taco for a year. Like, of wow. course. I actually, who who would want to eat Del Taco for a year? You've been muted, Felix. Uh, wait, I actually have something to add to this conversation that's different than my normal conversation. Okay. With this. Okay. Which is, I mean, obviously Del Taco is great. This is a, just pure blasphemy. There's so many good things at Del Taco. but Like the, like the burgers? French fries are great. 
There's uh, crispy chicken tacos, their regular chicken tacos, all of it. So, so good. Their quesadillas are great. Their bean and cheese burrito is great. Um, everything's fantastic. But getting back to what I was getting at, um, I had a request to get Taco Bell from someone this weekend. And so I went and had Taco Bell. And this must have been probably the first time I've had it in maybe five years, five or six years. It's better than Del Taco. I'm so glad that you saw the light. And I have to say, it wasn't horrible with the item I liked. But it's just not good. Like, the Crunchwrap Supreme is the only thing that was good there. I got a quesadilla, which was nowhere close to as good as a quesadilla from Del Taco. I got a bean and cheese burrito, which was... Had, the red sauce was so weird and gross as compared to the Del Taco bean and cheese burrito being perfect for that. I even got a crunch or a uh, Doritos Locos Tacos to try that for the first time. Was gross. Not good. You're an insane person. You're like, this is probably, this is the most. This you is what, not, you, know, this, you know what's this funny? Is this there's is the so highest, many people, this is so the many highest, people in our Twitch chat that agree with me. This is the highest volume of bad takes that I've seen. That you amass in one podcast. The Crunchwrap Supreme is the only good thing on their menu. False. You realize every, there's no one coming to your side in the Twitch chat. You know what? I speak for those who can't speak for themselves. <laughs> I give a voice to the voiceless. Are you like, see, wait, wait, wait. Is that is that CM Punk on the other side over there? Is your foot feeling okay? Are you injured? You're the voice of the voiceless? He didn't make that up. That's that's a thing. Anyway, look, there we go. Someone's on my side. Dark Purity 993, shout out. Shout out to you. I don't know if RJ and Miteko is saying your take or my take's the worst they've had or heard in a while. Chalupas, yes, there you go. Oh, new uh, new poll. Let, let's see where people oh, go Oh, another with person this. with me here. You're struggling. Vo- votes are two to nothing. Or uh, three to nothing. <laughs> By the way, uh, Pushhead2 said Taco Bell is only good when it's 3 a.m. and there's nothing else open. Let me tell you this. Del Taco's open 24 hours. So? I'm just saying. So? Just saying. Team Taco Bell. Shout out Dalton Keys. This is, if we ever do a live show, we're going to have to like do like something. Oh? We'll have to do something. You know, I'm going to make sure to have a... Oh my a, God, another person coming out. I'm going to have to... Shout out to B-Doddles. I'm going to have to make sure that uh, RJ I get Mateco some... coming out. There's now more Taco Bell people than Del Taco. Stop the count. Stop the freaking count. Oh, my God. I don't like this. I don't like this, everyone. Taco Bell won by a vote of six to five. This is this is bad. <laughs> I don't like this. <sighs> You're so wrong. That's crazy. You, you know, actually, right down the street from me, there are Del Taco and Taco Bell across the street from each other. <laughs> Why? Why is that a thing? I don't know. Um, all right. This chat has devolved. Anything else, by the way? About? That we want to talk, talk about? Kenobi. We discussed it a little bit yesterday. Yeah. Ken. You're behind. Yeah, I'm very behind. Um, but it's okay. I'll catch up. I'm alone right now. I'm house-sitting. So, going to have to find yeah, something to do. If, if anyone sees Felix on Twitter just randomly tweeting some weird stuff or anyone on the Patreon sees him in Discord like today just going off, you can tell it's because he's bored and has nothing else to do. <laughs> Look, just because you're wrong about the Gibson thing 
Felix Doesn't extended mean- Felix extended our Patreon episode yesterday by a good fifteen to twenty minutes. Twenty he just, minutes. He wanted to just keep talking so he could yeah. add something to do. I'm alone. I'm alone right now. It's not great. Well, I have a cat. I have a cat with me. Uh, uh oh, B Doddle has said, "When do we think that uh, the Ducks will start their off season?" Post Stanley Cup final, just like uh, it could be between, but sure. Um, and Pushhead Two said, "Over under about forty-one games for Aikens gets canned." I think oh, we never talked about this. Do do they go back on their word? No. Bruce Cassidy is available. No, I don't think you can do that and be taken seriously. Jay Woodcroft might be available. Oh, I'm getting some some cat oh. complaints here. Yeah, there you go. Oh, we also did not talk about the Ducks' newest signee. And and who? The Ducks signed a Slovak player. Oh, that's <laughs> To be honest, I kind of forgot about it because of how much stuff had happened today with Gibson. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have forgotten including myself. Yeah, I mean, Derek Lalonde I mean, he looked interesting from what I saw, and the scouting report on him looked interesting. He put up some inter- decent numbers. Um, uh-huh. Wait, but... is that his name? I think. No, that can't be his name. Wait, what? no, uh, no. Yeah, I'm, it's Pavel, I'm, I'm... Re- Pavel Regenda. Yep, I don't know who Derek. Uh, what was? Wow, you just got Dalton got. Keys. Dalton Keys. Got. What were you? What were you doing to me? You just. Got what were you got. doing to me? <laughs> you just got caught. Uh, oh my God, going out wow. strong. Yeah, you know, sometimes uh, I put trust in people. Yeah, Derek Lalonde oh, oh. is that that's the guy whose <laughs> wife died or his wife is sick or something. That that's the coach in Tampa that is potentially going to be hired by Detroit. That's who that is. Oh, maybe I'm thinking about some, something else then. Uh, I'm yeah. getting a lot of complaints here from the cat, so you I are. probably the cat hates uh, Doritos Locos Tacos. Yeah, I wonder what side she would fall on. I don't know. Definitely she's, a Del Taco she, side. She she sticks to beef beef sticks and the the like liver concoction that they put in cans gross so, no it's liver is a superfood so it's are all, you gonna it's are good. you gonna turn into liver king <laughs> i do eat liver pretty consistently so wow maybe. it's one of felix, my favorite foods it's felix, actually chicken liver is one of my favorite foods felix is, that, is gonna become the next liver king you hear heard it here first for anyone that yeah. doesn't doesn't know uh who liver king is look him up uh, there's no way he's natural oh no no, but his diet looks like fun. No, what? <laughs> Raw liver? <laughs> well, it's the other stuff, like all the crazy like meats and... like He has like a chef. He has a chef that cooks him dinner every day. It's pretty cool. Ugh. Ugh. Um, but Felix, yeah. Do you like chicken, Whataburger? Ch- chicken liver is a top tier, top tier food. Do you like Whataburger? I've never tried it, so I can't say. Okay. That is my new thing, Jake. I don't judge until I've tried. Wow. Yeah, it kind of I was taken aback there slightly because uh that's that's interesting. Oh, by the way, you never actually answered the over under 41 games before Aikens get canned. Oh, I don't think he's going to get canned. Okay. I think the team's going to be better. Okay. And he's not going to get canned unless okay. he royally screws it up. Okay. Supposedly Waterburger's not good though. Is what we're yep. being told. Yep. Well, wow, there is there is just a a rancor here. I think it's time. Wow, great reference. I think it's time for you to wrap this up. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we've made it this far. If you enjoyed what you heard, if you enjoy our show, there's a few different ways to support us. The number one way 
is by heading on over to our Patreon page um, where you can support us monthly. Uh, for $1 a month, you can join our patrons-only Discord server, which is so much fun. Uh, it's it's honestly its own little community of diehard Ducks fans where we talk hockey, we talk Ducks, breaking news, trades, rumors, all of it. And there's also channels for different topics as well. Food, there's a, there's a specific Ducks Prospects channel. Uh, there's the general chat where you can talk about anything you want. Um, it's just a super wholesome place, and I really, really enjoy the fact that it's become what it has. That's for $1 a month. For $5 a month, you still get access to that, but you also get access to two bonus episodes. And so yesterday, Jake and I did what I think is our best I think our best playoff preview yet. We did we did a preview, a full preview of the Stanley Cup final. So go check that out if before the the action the action starts this week, uh, you can see our picks. Um, and then you can also be a top tier supporter at fifteen dollars a month. No added uh, no added perks there, but you're just really helping us out quite a bit there. That's all at Patreon.com/slash/CrashThePond. You don't have to pledge us any monthly amount, though, to still support us. You can head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. Just search Crash the Pond, leave us a rating, and if you have a little bit more time, leave us a review. We love to hear from you guys. We love to get the inside jokes. Uh, those are always the best. I think we did read. Were we doing a podcast with us and there was a I, review? I don't think we've read it yet. No, we didn't. Oh, my God. Okay. This is awesome. That, that, that happened, I think, this as Memorial Day. when we hung out on Memorial Day. Okay, so this is a review from David131, and the title of the review, I mean, it's it's a true classic, Stingray, <laughs> five-star review, I've been listening to Jake and Felix now for a couple of years and definitely feel they're the best Anaheim Ducks podcast, thank you. It does go off the rails often, but in a ridiculously funny kind of way. Note the title of the review, oh yeah, I definitely noted it, and uh, I can still feel it as I curl my toe every now and again. I do like the in-depth stats as well, though, and their knowledge. I live in Huntington Beach. Is that North or South County? It's well, North. First off, it's North. First off, David, thank you very much. Yes, that is that is a very fun review. I feel like that's exactly what we're after. Like, yeah, we're, exactly. We're trying to inform you and entertain you, and there will be some days where that ratio <laughs> may be skewed different ways. <laughs> some days it might be ninety ten entertainment, especially in the lean months of summer, where there isn't as much news. But to your question, though. Uh, I would have to go south. Wait, 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 Totally kidding. Totally kidding. It has to be north. Like there's, there's no other, there's no other possible answer. It's definitely North County. Yeah, it, it's definitely North County. It's yeah, yeah. I, I explained. Uh, I came up with some additional information on the North South County debate on the Patreon episode. So tune in there to hear. Yeah. It. Yep. So you can check us out there. And as you can see, uh, you know, leaving us a review, we really appreciate that. But also, it's it's just it's just cool to hear from you guys. Um, you can also find us on Spotify. You can leave us a rating there. Subscribe to us there. Wherever you get your podcast, we're also on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Crash the Pond. Uh, you can get the video version of the show. You can see all the craziness. You can see Jake's moving boxes in his background. By the way, Jake, this is your first podcast in your new place. Yeah, I even got a stand for my uh, for my camera, so it wouldn't be in an awful location like it was yesterday. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, should, that's we good. Should, we should celebrate. This is your first podcast as a homeowner. Yes. In this economy. It's, it's terrifying. Absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. But uh, everyone everyone, give Jake a little little congrats there on Twitter. By the way, we'll, we'll get to that. Really quick, Dalton Keys, we're not, go to the, the Patreon for our full-blown analysis, but who's your cup final winner? I have Avalanche in seven. 
I have Avalanche in six. Yeah, I think that it's going to be really tight and that Tampa Bay is really good, but I Colorado is better. Okay. Um, and yeah, and if you want to support us as well, check out our website, CrashThePond.com. Uh, you can also go to our shop and actually get some merch. So CrashThePond.com slash shop. You can get t-shirts, hoodies. You can also get some mugs, some stickers, all with our awesome logo. We've got them in Eggplant and Jade and the Orange and Black. So whatever side of that debate you land on, We've got you covered. Uh, th- we're also on Twitter at Crash the Pond and on Facebook. Jake is on Twitter at Reindeer Games ninety one. He's almost at two thousand followers. Oh I yeah, saw I saw that today. I, so, yeah, so I let, noticed let's, that. Let's get him to two k. I almost put out the 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 obligatory tweet of Oh, I'm almost at two thousand. No, Please help me get there. And I was like, You don't nah, want to do that. Nah. You don't want to do that. You want to get there organically. Um, yep. So helping, I mean, this is not really organic me, <laughs> me bumping it, but whatever. Uh, and I'm also on Twitter at Felix underscore Sicard. That is going to do it for us tonight, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you in a week from now. Have a good one. Bye. I think a week from now. <laughs>